Чашка – це Індії, берег, де сонце і спека. На моєму столі мапа вогоні ганжа. Я люблю сонячні хвилі і промені Бога. А ще я люблю цілувати тебе. Моя тінгалінга, ага, ага, тінгалінга, ага, ага, тінгалінга, ага, 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 тінгалінга, тінгалінга. Мого неба торкається сонце і небо сміється. І дарує незвідані крила й дороги ганжа. Твої очі зелені, як море, як рай дуга серце. І теплим промінням своїм огортає мене. Моя тінгалінга, ага, ага, тінгалінга, ага, ага, тінгалінга, ага, ага, тінгалінга. Солодкий п'янке Я співаю і пісня отця У горах лунає Ти теплим коханням своїм Огортаєш мене Моя тінгалінга Ага, ага, тінгалінга Ага, ага, тінгалінга Ага, ага, тінгалінга popular ethno-folk group or ethno-pop group from Ukraine called Mandre, and that was a song called Tingalinga. 
Dobrý večer, drahí radiosluchači. Ta vitaju vas vsih na radiopredaču Naš holos Radio Krinskoho Korinja, ktorá podijete vám jak svečajnost, čo subote, šostiho deni, na bahatomovni radiostanci AM 1320 CHMB u Mistivan Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. I'm Paulette Demchuk-McCory, Pukarinske Pavlina, and I'm delighted to have you with me. We've got a great program lined up for you. On Ukrainian Jewish heritage, we have an interview with a very interesting young man in Ukraine. As well, we've also got our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And we've got quite a an eclectic selection of tunes uh, coming up next to Trio Maximovich and a traditional folk song, uh, kind of a warning to young girls to be careful going out in the woods. It's also, I think, in today's era of social media, just a reminder that uh, people aren't really any different. Uh, Back then, we got stories about evil people in songs like this. Today, we get it pretty much in your face on social media. Again, here's Trio Maximovich with the tragic story of a young girl whose life is violently cut short at the hands of some very cruel and evil men. Trio Maximovich and Halu.
Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ShochenkoFoundation.com.
pitala hir koridati, što stojala kraj bereha, taj stala hir popular singer from Ukraine, Oksana Mucha, from her CD Reshito, and Klopci Rebolovci, the Fisher Boys. Up next, a blast from the past. Uh, this is a group called Brate Hajukene, and a song that uh, we played a fair bit back in uh, the early days of Nash Holos in the 1990s off a cassette recording. This is uh, this is from this is a digital recording, obviously, and this song is called. It's a Surajik, I guess, uh, title mix of Russian and Ukrainian. Zvostochkomaya. My star. Yeah. 
to Alexei Kitakesha with the Ukrainian-American group Fata Morgana, and that was a song of the Ukrainian Cossack leader Hamalia. Up next, we're going to keep it in North America. We're going to come into Canada now, though, to Edmonton, where there is a group called UB, and from their second CD called Homebrew, here they are with a seasonal song, I guess seasonal spring as well as fall. Mushrooms are uh, plentiful in the wild. So here we've got UB singing about picking mushrooms. Hrebea. Ой, дівчина по рибі ходила, в зеленому гаю заблудила. А я чорнява нічки не спала, нічки не спала, з долею уяла. А я чорнява нічки не спала, нічки не спала, з долею уяла. Ой, козачі молоді бутяю, вибіть мене зеленого гаю. А я чорнява нічки не спала, нічки не спала, з долею уяла.
тебе вже приліз душою, але мало мені я відчуваю в собі. Мені тебе замало, мало завжди. Мені так добре з тобою, коли ти поруціною, я відчуваю душу. another young Ukrainian singer by the name of Dima Kondrashov and a song called Shtyodendein, Yet Another Day. This is CHMB AM 1320, Vancouver. And now for a look at Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage, then and now, brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter based in Toronto, Ontario. This is Pavlina, producer and host of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. The Jewish population of Ukraine before the Second World War was over 2.5 million. Now the current population is only around 100,000. A whole world with its very own culture, rules and customs was decimated in the Holocaust. Decades later, descendants of survivors, along with friends and supporters, are working hard to piece together remnants of this once vibrant world. In western Ukraine and other parts of the former Austro-Hungarian Empire, many restoration and educational projects are underway. But in eastern Ukraine, not so much. One man, however, has taken on the gargantuan task of cataloging Jewish shtetls in eastern Ukraine. 
Vitaly Buryak recently discovered his Jewish roots. In the process, he created a website called History of Jewish Communities in Ukraine. The URL is jewua.org. I came across his website while doing research on shtetls. Vitaly, also known as Chaim, kindly agreed to tell me his story so I could share it with you. Here is part of that conversation. So, first of all, could you tell me about yourself? My name is Chaim Burak, and I'm living in Kiev. I'm 32 years old. My father is Ukrainian and mother is Jewish. So, according to Jewish law, I'm Jewish. Yes. I was born in Perluki. It's a city in Chernigo region. Studied the school in Nezhen, where my parents still live, and started my university in Kiev in uh, 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. And for the last 16 years, I'm living in Kiev. Okay, and so what do you do there? I was working in different IT companies and still working in IT. I'm a software engineer. So why did you decide to create this website and embark on this ambitious project? It's basically you're doing it as a hobby? Yes, yes, yes. I'm doing this in my free time. It's not much free time, but I'm trying my best. Why I decided? Good question. Uh, All my life I was interested in history. I read all historical books. Uh, not the Jewish, uh, maybe first Jewish books which I read this was six years ago. So all my previous years of historical experiences was just common history and also in military history. What was it that inspired you to, to do this? So one time I visited uh, in Israel uh, as a part of a uh, Taglit program. It was like a first right uh, trip that each person can immigrate to Israel, can make a short visit in Israel. What happened next? A famous genealogist uh, tried to find a person who will be a tour guide in Jewish Kiev and proposed uh, small courses. And person uh, after these courses, theoretically, a person will be able to provide some tours in Jewish Kiev for different tours. And I decided to join these courses. And... Uh, after this, uh, I made the first steps in my Jewishness, maybe. Because before, I did not know what it means to be a Jewish. What is a Shabbos? What is a Torah? Who was Moshe? Like, it was like a fairy tale for me. Really? Yeah, for sure. I was born in a very assimilated family. I know nothing about my Jewishness. Full, empty, zero. So how did you find out about your mom then, if your your mom uh, isn't an observant Jew? I always know that she's Jewish because my birth certificate was, was mentioned. And the whole my life I know that my mother is Jewish. But uh, for me it was like a fairy tale that uh, you're Jewish if only your mother is Jewish. That it's not passed by your father. And uh, I get this information maybe only seven years ago, six years ago. Like before, it was like some kind of mystery for me. Wow! And um, also, one guy in Kiev asked me to fill his website. Uh, he asked to make the, uh, small descriptions of the shtetls mm-hmm. in any place of Ukraine. He gave me a book and asked me, "Please put all information from, from this book to website." And again, I will give you like some money for this. It was like a job. And I started to read. And I started to read this book. It was uh, 100 uh, shtetls in Ukraine. But really, 
maybe 20 or 30 shtetls was uh-huh. described in this book. Mm-hmm. And I started to read about the shtetls. I, I know that Jews live in Ukraine, that uh, the thousands and thousands of Jews live in Ukraine, that before the war, millions of Jews lived in Ukraine, and mm-hmm. it was a holocaust. So I, I know history well, and I know what's the Babi Yar, but it's like, it was not so close to me. It's like, uh, for example, you hear now about some civil war in uh, Syria. Mm-hmm. For me, it was like the same, like uh, something happened with somebody in this territory. Okay, fine. But it's happened since 70 years ago. Why I should feel something about this? Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like uh, news that there were places in Ukraine where Ukrainians were minority and majority were Jewish. And all the Jewish population disappeared. Uh, and no Jews left, left now. It's now a small village inhabited only by Ukrainians, but this place has some Jewish history. And the next step was when I became a tour guide. Uh, one tourist from US uh, wanted to visit his shtetl, his ancestral town, mm-hmm. where his uh, great-great-grandparents escaped 100 years ago, and he wanted to visit it. Okay, fine. And Theoretically, yeah, we Google and find that it was, by the way, uh, not the biggest, but uh, uh, fully only one fully Jewish settlement in Chernigo region. It was a small village; just 600 Jews lived there mm-hmm. before revolution, but it was fully Jewish. Uh, no Ukrainians lived there. And uh, I Google it, and I find information that the one local historian lives there. Oh, lucky! Uh, uh, yeah, I called to this person. And he said, I already researched a local history for the last 40 years. And I spoke with, with people who know all these Jews very well. Wow. So come on, came, and I will show you all the sites which I know. And we visited visited this shtetl. And um, this local historian show all sites. Jewish cemetery, a former Jewish cemetery, because it's a garden and... Uh, a potato is growing there now. Oh. And he showed the site of the synagogues. It's just a site. Nothing is there. It's like uh, some space between two buildings. Oh. Uh, he showed the oldest Jewish building in this uh, village. So this guy from the U.S. was fully satisfied. But for me, it was like a shock because I did not even think that some villages in Ukraine have some history. Before I read about this only in books. And, but wait, uh, one another story about this uh, trip. This guy from this lawyer from US uh, wanted to visit two places. First one was this village, Dmitrovka. Also, he wanted to visit Priluki. Priluki is the place where I was born. Oh. And I contacted with the head of local Jewish community, and my grandma is still living there. And this uh, head of the local Jewish community knows very well my grandma. And he showed the places which I didn't know before in my city where I was born. My wow. grandma didn't show to me a synagogue, didn't show me a Jewish cemetery, didn't show Holocaust killing site. Also a place of the ghetto. She didn't show to me. I walk on this street. I see these buildings before. But I didn't know that it was a synagogue, for example. And it was like a shock for me. And so she didn't tell you anything about your Jewish heritage at all? I, I didn't ask, and she did not tell. Hmm. I know that my grandma, great-grandma was from the poor family, and she evacuated her family, all her sisters, and 
my great grandpa and great grandma they all went to Kazakhstan. That's why they survived and I was born. From Priluki Ghetto escaped only around 10 people and survived, I found four or five among 1,200 people. <gasps> yeah, so it really was no chance to survive for Jews in Priluki during the Nazi occupation. Oh, wow. Wow. What does the word shtetl mean exactly? I mean, on your website, you have a quote there that says it's not exactly yeah. a town, not exactly a township. Good question. Shtetl <laughs> uh, is an Yiddish word, which means a small settlement. Okay. So something middle between village and uh, city. Because in that time, I mean, 18th, 19th century, mm-hmm. Jews, they live in these uh, shtetls, very crowded. So usually... The central street of the shtetl is like a whole street of the buildings, close to a, to another building, without the gardens behind them, because the Jews didn't allow to have a land. Also, uh, Ukrainian lives in these shtetls, but uh, usually in the center lived Jews, and uh, in suburbs lived Ukrainians. Anyway, the place where majority were Jews, and it was not big. The whole population was less than 10,000, less than 5,000 mm-hmm. people. And uh, I created a list. I created a list of these settlements where more than 1,000 Jews lived. I created this list for each gubernia in Ukraine and get like a plan for my research. So the plan is very simple to write at least small article mm-hmm. for each place which is in my list. And also I'm trying to not lose time on Western Ukraine because Western Ukraine, you know, was the, became a part of the Soviet Union only before World War II. And uh, Jewish life stopped here only in 1941 during the Holocaust. In Western Ukraine. Same. Yes. Uh-huh. And for this period between, between the First World War and Second World War, many Jews immigrated to Israel, to Palestine, it was, it was called before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in U.S., in Canada, in England, and they br- brought some photos, they brought some books and wrote many memory books. And Western Ukraine is really investigated very well. So if, for example, you will start to Google about um, Zloshu, you will, you will find the tons of materials about Zloshu. But if you will try to Google about a Dimmer, Dimmer is a village near the Kiev, 20 or 30 kilometers in the center of Ukraine. You will find, I think, only my article. <laughs> I visited Dimmer two years ago. I find local historian. He showed me remains of the Jewish cemetery. He showed me a killing site. It's not. It's just a field. Nobody mark uh, mass graves there. So hundreds of Jews are still oh. living there, and they planted uh, grain on it. They show the sites of synagogue. They show the former Jewish neighborhood. They showed me the last prayer house, and we spoke with the owner of this building, and he gave to us part of the door with mark of mezuzah. He gave me a saw, and I cut this part of the door <laughs> and brought it to museum, to Jewish museum. What is it? Mezuzah, it's a small scroll with the words of Torah. Oh. It's really small, around 10 centimeters, not more which should be put it on the door, on the uh, right side of the door, in, in any Jewish home. 
it's maybe the last material material part of the Jewish dimmer history because wow. another is just photos and memories, but it's a really thing that you can touch. That's why you'll not find uh, Western Ukraine regions on my website. I'm just trying to describe places which wasn't described before. Yeah, because there's a lot of work being done in Western Ukraine. But yeah, you're right. Eastern and Central Ukraine, I don't have much information. Uh, so look, if you will check a statistic of the Jewish population before the rev revolution, you will see that, for example, in uh, Kiev, uh, Hubernia lived more than 400,000 Jews. And in Chernigov, Gubernia lived uh, around uh, 40,000. So if you will move to the east, you will see that Jewish population decrease, 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 because you know that Jews appear in Ukraine from Poland. And most Jewish places in Ukraine were Western Ukraine, uh, Podolia, Volhynia, and partially Central Ukraine. And Eastern Ukraine didn't have my Jewish population. Okay. So what you're interested in is areas that are still undiscovered or un under-researched and people just haven't, yeah, there's no information about yeah. that. So. I only try to search in the internet and I see that someplace really wasn't described. Like, for example, community in Ruzhishev. Ruzhishev is a center of the district in Kyiv region. Not far from Ukraine, not from from the Kyiv, like maybe a half hour of the driving, mm -hmm. and more than six thousand Jews lived there one hundred years ago, and no Jews live live now there. And if you try to find something about the Jewish history, you will find nothing. Mm -hmm. Like all this community just disappear, and that's all, no traces. Yeah, there are some traces in archive in Ukraine in Kyiv archive. They have really tons. And I'm speaking about not the number, I'm speaking about the weight of this paper. Tons, tons of the documents. Really? Very interesting. Wow. Yes, they wow. have shtetl maps, surnames, different files. And if you have time, in one month, uh, describe the uh, history of this shtetl like you live there. Wow. Okay, just the question, where are they stored? In Kiev archive. Kyiv, there are a few archives in Kiev, and oh, okay. they store, store this information. Okay. Why is it important for you to, uh, essentially, these are ghost towns. The shtetls have disappeared. Why is it important for you to chronicle and that information, compile that information when there's nobody there anymore? I don't know why it's important for me because sometimes I feel that oh, it's important only, only for me <laughs> uh, to describe a history of this community, which will disappear in five, ten years. And no Jews lived there, but this place had some Jewish history, and sometimes it's three or four hundred years of Jewish history, and it will end in my days. Oh. And sometimes I feel that I need to describe it and get it made public. Why it's important for me, I don't know. I sometimes I ask a question: What's what's the sense? What's the sense to visit it, to spend your time? But I like it. I really like it. I try to spend my vacation on the beach, mm -hmm. and I, I lie on the beach and start to think, what I'm doing there? I really don't like this. I don't like this beach. I don't <laughs> like this food. I don't like this sun. I don't like this uh, sea. Better to me be in the middle of nowhere. It's really sometimes it's really the middle of nowhere. You have very very bad roads. <laughs> Some parts of Shetomer even. Uh, 
uh, is badly inhabited due to radiation, radioactive pollution. Right. And you you went to this place and start to speak with some old people. What did you remember something about the Jews who live there? <laughs> and so sometimes I think that it's something not very normal with me. It's <laughs> 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 uh, sometimes very funny, but I really like it, and uh, I don't know why I like it. And that's how I spend my free time. It's important to you. It's it it interests you, and it something is. It's just it's important to you. Yes, but sometimes I recognize that it's important only for me. <laughs> no, and other people care about this old village, that even the village will disappear soon. Because uh, in some places, uh, population, for example, 100 years ago was 2,000 people, and now 200 people. Yeah. And you see that it's only statistic to the 200. In reality, it's 50 people live there. Yeah. And you see that it will disappear soon. It's not uh, like a Jewish place disappears soon. It's like a Ukrainian place disappears soon. Oh, okay, I understand. So they're going to become ghost towns eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and you're not a historian by trade or anything, but you have this this mad passion for his history. So that's that's wonderful. And you know what? You it's lonely work what you're doing. But I don't think that it's um, frivolous. I, I, I don't think it's meaningless. Certainly, I, I think it has great value, and somebody will thank you for it. So, what are you looking for uh, for help from the public? But just, just just materials, just materials, and not more, because uh, this research don't need much money. Photos and maybe some memories. Maybe some books about the shtetl, because some books, for example, were printed in very small circulation. And you cannot even find this book in internet. So okay. I'm really seeking for information from them, from family photos, any memories from the pre-revolution life. And how would they get them to you? Like, like you find me <laughs> via website <laughs> or via Facebook. I have a Facebook group, also very nice group, uh, Tracing the Tribe in Facebook. More than 20,000 people oh, wow. who are searching for Jewish roots. Okay. And is there? do you have another site? I have my own group, JewUA.org, Shtetls in Ukraine, and the website, JewUA.org. Well, Chaim, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. Dobranich. <laughs> Bye-bye. Kayim Buryak, creator and curator of the website jewua.org. You can find him there and also on Facebook. Just search for jewua.org and also for Tracing the Tribe. This is Pavlina, producer and host of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage. Thanks for listening. Until next time, Shalom. Ukrainian Jewish Heritage is brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. To find out more about their work, visit their website and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Transcripts and audio files of this and earlier broadcasts of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage are available at their website, ukrainianjewishencounter.org, as well as at the Nasholos website, www.nasholos.com. Nasholos now has a Patreon site, and I hope as a listener you'll consider supporting the show with a donation there. 
Nasholis is not funded by government and has no corporate financing, so as little as a dollar a month will make a huge difference. Your money will be put to good use to help cover the myriad costs of keeping a show like this online and on the air. So please check out our Patreon page. There are links everywhere on the Nasholis website, www.nasholis.com, or just go to patreon.com and search for Nasholis. Shteradiakuyu. Na ulici skrypkara jeba, sudeve mavjaje, mene mati ne puskaje, na ulicu bojati. Puste mene moja mati, na ulicu bojati, na ulicu bojati, sparukani žartovati. Mene mati ne puskaje, na ulicu bojati. Here's what's coming up this week in Vancouver's Ukrainian community. Next Friday, enjoy a pierogi supper at the Holy Trinity Ukrainian Orthodox Auditorium, 154 East 10th Avenue in Vancouver. Doors are open from 5 to 8 p.m. For details, call Holy Trinity Ukrainian Orthodox Parish at 604-274-8030 or visit them online at uocvancouver.com. On Wednesdays, catch Nash Hollis Ukrainian Roots Radio, broadcasting live from Nanaimo to North and Central Vancouver Island, the Gulf Islands, the Sunshine Coast, Northwest Washington State, and in the Greater Vancouver Listening Area. Join me, Paulina, for the first hour in English and Oksana Poparajnik for the second hour in Ukrainian. That's Wednesdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific Time on CHLY 101.7 FM on the radio dial and streaming online at chly.ca. And at 6 p.m. Saturday evenings, flip your dial right back here to AM 1320 CH Vancouver or catch the live stream at am1320.com. And join me, Pavlina, for another hour of fun on Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Please send dedications, requests, and suggestions to producer at nashholos.com. Your comments are always welcome. In between broadcasts, follow Nash Holos on Facebook, Twitter, and our blog. And for audio archives, transcripts, podcast feeds, and more, visit our website at www.nashholos.com. Ja, 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 ja,
from Winnipeg with Oi Chorna, Yes Chorna. I am a dark-eyed beauty. Ležal mi všetkým čele našo programu vše časa domo vyskazate do pobačenia. Ale pre tým ja hoču zlažete vás takými slovami mudrosti. Odna stal, ale neodnakova jí cina. And our proverb of the week translates as All steel is steel, but the price is not always the same. And with that, we've come to the end of our program, so to wrap things up, we have Slu High from Winnipeg with their Kolomeka. I'm Pavlina, on behalf of all of us here at Nash Holos and AM 1320, thanks for listening, and Dobranich! <laughs>
Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.